What's going on, man fam? It's Richard. Do you find yourself looking at all the bourbon on the store shelves but don't know where to start or the differences? Do you enjoy bourbon but want to know more about the science, history, and the stories behind the label? Did you know that bourbon is a distinctive product in the United States? It can't be produced anywhere else in the world. And no, not all bourbon has to be made in Kentucky. I learned all of this listening to Bourbon Pursuit. If you think you like bourbon, get ready to love bourbon. Bourbon Pursuit is the official podcast of bourbon. The best source for all bourbon news, reviews, and interviews with people making the bourbon whiskey industry happen. There's three new episodes every week. You can learn the great next bourbon trends, the great bottles, the personalities behind your favorite brands, get all the juicy scoop on all things whiskey. Past guests have included CEOs, master distillers, and brand ambassadors from every major distillery, authors, bloggers, industry influencers, retailers, celebrities, and unique customers who hunt rare bourbons. Take your knowledge from being a bourbon novice to a bourbon baron. Wherever the good stuff is poured, Bourbon Pursuit is just a play button away. Join your host, Kenny Coleman, Ryan Cecil, and Fred Minnick on an epic bourbon adventure. Subscribe and follow Bourbon Pursuit wherever you get your podcast. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. We did it. Another milestone for the Mad About Movies podcast. We made it to episode 800. Mad About Movies podcast. I never thought we'd make it to eight, let alone 88 or 800. But here we are. We're almost at 1,000. Do you think we should just call it quits at 1,000? Maybe call our shot? <laughs> you know, get a, get a victory tour? Something like that. If we're not billionaires by 1,000, then we're out. That's that's the number. Yeah, that's true. That'll be the cutting off point. Yeah, <laughs> if it hasn't been significantly worth yeah. our time at a thousand. We'll get a thousand we're, not, years. we're not in for another thousand. Yeah, that'll be easy out. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but here we are at episode 800, celebrating it. And thank you to every single person who's listened to even one second along the way. It blows my mind that anyone would. And hopefully you'll continue to do so. And what we'd like to do with these... Uh, anniversary episodes, we can call them that, Cele- mm-hmm. celebratory mm-hmm. birthday episodes, whatever, mm-hmm. is we like to do lists. Hopefully we'll do more lists going forward. We like to do them for the VIPs. We like to do them, uh, you know, whenever. You have, Brian can, has whenever your, it makes the most sense. Brian has a solo episode on his 10 favorite scenes in Wild Things coming out pretty soon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just the VIP, though, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that all 10 are the same scene. We're Number not one's not what you one. think. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, Brian does have some fun now that we're getting into February, March with some, some bracket episodes with March Madness. So maybe for the VIPs, we'll do, you know, maybe another food bracket episode. We like to get creative there. So look out for that in the VIP and shout out to everybody who has joined us on Patreon and supported us and kept the show going. It's, it's definitely helped the show. Uh, stay in the green, I would say, over the long haul because it's so many hours that we put into this over 800 episodes. I can't even probably fathom the amount of movies we've actually watched for the show, considering we maybe watched three or four per for one episode to prep and all that kind of stuff. So it's opened my mind to maybe thousands of movies I wouldn't have otherwise seen or mm-hmm. had no other reason to watch. So that's been great. But shout out to everybody who's made it worth our time in the VIP and and joined us on the discord and become our friends and joined in on the conversation that that's been a great silver lining of all the hours we've put in to 
making the show uh, what it is and getting here to 800. You know, we're, we're happy to do it. It's been a great time. Super fun conversations with you fellas every single week. And I personally look forward to it still. So I think that's a win. I'll stop doing it when I stop looking forward to it. Mm. You hear that, Richard? We quit seven years ago. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Exactly. You guys, you guys are. If that was the case for you, you'd be out like a couple of years ago. Yeah, you, yep. you don't look forward to it. No, at all. no. Literally, anxiety yeah. trip, pacing around, um, <laughs> dreading. Real, I mean, dread. Pure, mm, right. unadulterated dread. Yeah, talking. Richard and I hate each other. You weren't a sweater until this pod, and now you just sweat profusely. <laughs> yeah, just. Prescription strength deodorant. <laughs> yeah, prescription strength deodorant. Yeah. Yes. On my chest. <laughs> for the hives. Yeah. But that's how much I hate it. But thank you. 800 episodes. Thank you. Yeah, man. 800 episodes in, we're like right at uh, nine years. We this, Our first episode was was right about this time, like maybe a week ago, nine years ago. That's crazy. That's we're crazy. not even doing 100 ups a year. That We need to pick up our pace, guys. Yeah, I know. I'm glad people complain about it yeah. still, though. That's good. <laughs> well, here we are. We only give you hundred of these a year. <laughs> go back and listen to some of our list episodes. I think those are those are the ones that I enjoy the most. Of course, we do our our yearly lists, but we do a lot of other lists too. At, at episode seven hundred, seven fifty, six fifty, six hundred, etc. And so check that out. Six ninety was it. a nice episode. <laughs> it was. Four twenty episode was odd, but a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah I didn't get it. I didn't understand. <laughs> so I just, I did heroin. I, didn't I really got that backwards. <laughs> Brian wasn't allowed on yeah, episode 666 either. Yeah. Kent and I were really meddled out. We were like, we were. <laughs> got pretty demonic. Yeah. Top 15 tool songs. And we just, it was 17 hours long, so we didn't release mm. it. Mm. They were all bangers, though, so it's good. <laughs> Nothing but bangers. And BB. The subject of tonight's list is probably one we should have done at list number one, maybe. I don't know. It's favorite directors. Mm. And I should say that because we're, we always go with favorite. Yeah. Never go with yeah. best with Not these. Best. We want to do our favorites. What right. we enjoy, if we, we don't want to rank the, the best because uh, you know who can who can really say who's the best? Yes, yeah. in this and that's why Uwe Boll is number two on my list and not yeah, like strictly favorites. Yeah, number so one, he, yeah. straight up. You know, so because it's favorites, only number best. two and not number right. one. Right, right. So I, I personally didn't have any honorable mentions. I didn't put any on on my list. But if you fellas did, then by all means, at this. Moment in time, uh, mentioned some honorable mentions. Brian, did you have any? Man, I had so many. So um, did I, yeah. Yeah. I, I did. Was, I would have. I just I just narrowed it down, I guess, sure. and didn't want to be yeah, here all night yeah. because I could talk directly no, for totally, 90 hours. So totally. I'm sparing, sparing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, my list started at about, I don't know, 50 or 60 names, and then I sort of whittled down as I as I am want to do. Um, I think probably the last like three cuts for me, and then what I want to do, if y'all don't, at the end, I, I've got a few others that I might mention, but I don't, I don't want to do it if if they get brought up on your list, you know, like mm-hmm. to conserve time as much as anything. But um, I think my last three cuts that were really tough were J.J. Abrams, uh, who's made a couple of my very favorite movies mm. of all time, Taika Waititi, who's made mm. three really good movies across completely different genres, which is really cool, and then uh, Ryan Johnson, who nice. also has made some of my favorite movies of all time, and also has has uh, directed like 
some of the better like Breaking Bad episodes. He's done all kinds of great stuff, and uh, so that was a, that was a tough cut. Those those were my last three that I that I left out in the cold. Yeah, say I just I'll go through mine quick because we want to get to the list. But uh, I did like you know I really wanted to keep this on favorite. The way I thought this through was like kind of an algorithm in my head of you know how well do they work with actors, how interesting visually are their films. And a little bit of writing, too, if there are ter- – it's hard to keep that out, right, with something like Tarantino. Sure. Where does the script end and the directing begin, right? Um, so th- it's kind of this thing where – and then I I gave tiebreakers to people that have made more great mm. movies as kind of that. So, sure. um, But then some honorable mentions that just – that are like – I wanted to include because they're great and just didn't make my 10 favorite, but they're certainly great. Um, and, and some of them are older. Some of them are younger. Uh, Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick, have you heard of him? Uh, just, just missed my list. David Lean, who's a master. Barry Jenkins, Safety Brothers, Taika, mm. and Yorma because he directed MacGruber. And so you have to always yeah. be in contention. Oh, Yorma is underrated. Yeah. So then we get into the list. Yeah, that's good. I, I will say, too, some of my criteria, because this was tough. This was a really difficult thing to... Uh, to work through, I kind of, I lean towards in my considerations, uh, people who are currently directing. There's nobody on my list who is not, uh, an act who's, who is not alive. Who's not an active director. That's just my own personal thing. I know you guys may not have to have held to that same thing. That was just for me. I did no projecting. So there's no, like this person has made a couple of great movies and I expect we'll make many more. Like that's, that's a different, yeah, for me, that's a later time kind of thing. Um, and then I kind of had like a, I sort of drew the line at like, I gotta have, you gotta have three bangers and, and I made one big exception to that, but for the most part, I gotta have at least, I gotta have a track record that says, uh, you've made three or more like really, really good movies that I dig. So that's, that was part of my, my, uh, thinking. Cool. All right. Well, where do we want to start? Uh, let's start with number 10 with you, Brian. Sure. Number 10 for me is uh, may show up on one or both of y'all's lists. It's, it's a, a well-established director that we have uh, we've reviewed many of his films over the years. I've always loved the the weirdness and the vision and the uh, the stuff that makes people not like Wes Anderson is what I like about Wes Anderson. Um, I think he's had one sort of I mean, Darjeeling is like not very good, but that's probably the worst movie that he's done is one where you're like, yeah, it's a B it's not terrible. Um, and then several movies that I, that I, that I love and have loved for, for many years. And I always get pumped to see a Wes Anderson movie. So number 10 for me is Wes Anderson. Awesome. That's yeah. a, that's one I probably should have put on my list. I knew I was going to forget some and that was definitely one I <laughs> didn't even consider. Uh, might've made my list. What about you, Richard? Definitely was on my list at one point got moved. That's another honorable mention. Um, I'll just say, cause I, I was going to not say these because I figured they might get taken, uh, or said, but so don't, we don't have to speak to these now, but two, two of mine that uh, another honorable mentions would be Wes and Spike Lee. Nice. Um, so number 10 for me, uh, someone that is, I think maybe the best director going right now in terms of, um, the genre that they work in. I can't wait to see what they do within other genres because I think they have the talent um, to like do something different every decade. Uh, my number 10 favorite director is Jordan Peele. Nice. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah, I considered yeah. him uh, for my list as well. That's a great one. Yeah, just like I like everything he does as a producer as well. But mm-hmm. this is 
uh, particularly just director. He's just awesome. And uh, his, his movies are obviously they're genre films, but they're, there's a lot of different things going on at cross pollinates, of course, but I, I hope that he makes like a, you know, historical drama one day and a comedy one day, obviously he has those jobs and you know, all these things, I think they're definitely in his toolbox, but it's fun just that he's making crazy, awesome thriller and horror movies every year too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Peel was definitely in my, my considerations for sure. I think, I think that's for me, it's like if, if we get like another one of these, another, another movie or two on the, that's, he's going to be impossible to keep out of, yeah. out of the list. He's, yeah. he's, uh, he's on that traje- trajectory, if nothing else. I'm excited for that. I cannot wait to see a trailer. You know, it's going to, yeah, bl- break the internet when it happens. I cannot wait. Um, Hopefully my number Super ten- Bowl will start getting some of these trailers, I would think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 My number 10 is somebody who I've always really respected and, We've given him tons of crap on the uh, podcast in the past, but I have such a soft spot for what he brings, what he does, his vision as a producer, and I think he's made some classic movies. Hopefully, he'll make some more classics if he can uh, keep himself self-contained. It's Judd Apatow. It's my name. Mm. Yeah. I've just always loved Judd, and Mm -hmm. I look forward to his movies, you know, and you know, to varying degrees of success along the way. And of course some long ones, but uh, I would be remiss if I can't mention Judd Apatow as like having a huge impact on, you know, uh, my comedic film taste. So, uh, I've always been Jamie Kennedy. You've always said those two. (laughs) Well, I didn't see son of the mask, so I can't, I can't say that, Mm, but I did. It changed your life, Richard. Yes. And listen (laughs) to that episode. It did. Definitely more money to my changed. therapist. To Richard's solo <laughs> "Son of the Mask" review, which is real, by the way. Go search real for that. thing we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richard did do that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Judd. Uh, like I said, you know, if he can hold himself to you know less than two and a half hours and work with the right actors, I think it's always the thing. I blame him for Pete Davidson being a thing now. You mm-hmm. know, bringing mm-hmm. that into yeah. into the limelight, but mm-hmm. it is what that's what he does. You know, he he finds people and kind of makes them makes them stars, comedic stars or, and does it in a kind of a real natural way, which I've always really appreciated. And you'll find that as a theme of my list is like the, 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 uh, I don't know, the the guy that doesn't do a lot of visual effects, not very flashy type of director. That's kind of my Mm -hmm. style uh, that I like. So um, Judd was on my short list as well. I like Judd Apatow movies more, the older I get like, yes, there's a, like this is 40 is a great example of that when my wife and I went and saw that when it came out in theaters, however many, you know, 10 or 11 years ago. And I was like, that's, it was fine. It was way too long, but you know, it is what it is. That's what you expect with Apatow. And probably like three years later, I was like, this is a really good movie. And now I've like, as I'm getting closer and closer to 40, I'm like, there's a lot of actual truth to this movie. Um, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of his films are that way. I, I, I appreciate him. I think I used to appreciate him more as writer producer than I did as director. And now I'm kind of coming, coming around the other way on it. And they, they've aged really well too. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they're very of the time comedically, but they serve as this kind of time capsule comedically too. So you go back and watch knocked up. You're like, man, those Mm -hmm. five, you know, getting Rogan and Siegel and all those guys in a room is just so of that period. And it's just like, man, it just defines that era so well, but it's still funny. I think, you know, and 40 year old virgin speaks for itself and all that. Absolutely. The, the one that doesn't get talked about as much, which I think is almost on par with those movies. Um, 
but like didn't have the legacy of knocked up or I know he didn't direct super bad, but it's such a big mm-hmm. part of that. And, and this is 40 and uh, 40 year old version of that of course. is walk art is, uh, but like, um, I think train wrecks an awesome movie. I think it's really yeah. funny. And then, mm-hmm. it, you know, Amy Schumer has done a few things since, but did not become the, the comedy star that we thought Bill Hader mm-hmm. kind of did, um, mm-hmm. out of that. But that's a, that's a movie that I think is, is really good that I, I really enjoy of his as well. That's kind of like not forgotten, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's respected as much as it should be. It's a really funny movie. I really yeah, like his TV work too. Freaks and Geeks is is obviously fantastic, mm-hmm. and I like to show Love on Netflix. Yeah, uh, that big, with uh, big favorite of Jillian Jacobs and Paul Rust. That was a that was a very funny little two seasons, three seasons or something. Wish we would have got more of that, but yeah, always like his taste, and so he's my number ten. What's your number nine, Brian? Number nine for me is a guy who uh, he does a, works in a different medium than than everyone else on my list. Uh, but when I when I sat down and I started making this. It wasn't a name that jumped out at me immediately. It was like, I got to make sure this, this person's on there. But the more I thought about it, the more I was like, these are, he's made three truly incredible. I mean, just like incredible films and a couple of them being some of my favorite movies of all time. And, uh, and has just a really interesting sort of, uh, introspective look at, at the way that, uh, in, in what happens in his movies and his, his sort of worldview, I think really comes through very well in it. So, uh, maybe a bit of an odd choice, but number th- number nine for me is is Pete Doctor, Pixar. Uh, oh Pixar yeah, ordinary. that's a great that's cool. one. That's a great one. I didn't even consider yeah. animation. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I had them. I had Lord and Miller was was in my thoughts yeah. for a little bit on on some of these things because they they do both obviously and do both both very Tim well. Tim Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Frank and Weenie. <laughs> how do we? How are we treating? Erotic films in this, by the way, is that a different <laughs> list, or do I just keep That's, my same yeah. top five? No, that was remember that was episode six ninety. You you were there, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. but was I? <laughs> yeah. It was a blur. It was a blur, so to speak. Yeah, it's most most of the time it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great one, man. Pete Doctor, gosh, total genius. He is like yeah. like borderline yeah. the Almost. the concepts he comes up with. It's just like I would love to be in those those Pixar pitch day where they just let, you know, the employees come in and pitch movies where his are just so focused but so out there always. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we're doing a, a movie about air. Okay, <laughs> yeah. What would that be? And he has this whole plan for it. You know that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it, it always works. And I always look forward to a, a Pete Doctor joint for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy should be definitely as in charge as he is at Pixar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He just, I, I think what I dig about him is like when you, he, he had, you can tell that he's a very deep person. Like he has a lot of deep thought on. He's a great writer too. He is. He's a fantastic writer. And I don't know. I just really dig when I, you know, like soul, when it came out last year, you know, I don't know the genesis of everything that he is going through to, to put that movie together and what's going through his mind and stuff. But you can kind of tell, I don't know. I just, there was this part of me that's like, as I was watching this movie, I'm like, I kind of can't wait to go and listen to and read the interviews that he's going to do on this press tour, because I'm just so interested in what, and you just know he's got, there's a lot going on there. And, and so I don't know that, that maybe that adds a little bit to it, but yeah, inside out is, is one of the best movies of the decade to me. And then up and soul are both fantastic as well. So this was a, uh, again, like a little bit different. There's nobody else on my list who's, who is, you know, specializes in animation or, or whatever else. But I, I felt like that, that required, uh, inclusion at this point. I'm with you. What's your next one? Richard number nine. 
Yeah, my next one is uh, someone who's definitely probably higher on my, like, if we're going pure favorite, but the filmography is not quite there yet. But, you know, I could not include them. And it's uh, someone who's made some of my favorite movies in the last few years, and I can't wait to see what they do next, even though the projects are. <laughs> you know the projects are a little concerning, uh, but that's okay. Uh, Greta Gang, number nine, Greta Gerwig. Seven for me. Yeah. Okay. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Let's I talk, was wondering if y'all, how, yeah. if y'all would have her on, considering she's only got a few uh, films under her belt. But yeah, great. Love Greta. Buy the shirt at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Click on store. Yeah. Yeah, this was the exception for me, Richard, on my I gotta have three movies uh criteria because I just I love both of those movies so much, Little Women especially. And it was again, I've said many times, it's just such a I watched Little Women and I texted Richard about forty five minutes in and I was going I went in to see this movie because my wife wanted to see it and because we do a movie podcast, you know, and that's it. Not really anticipating or excited about it. And I texted Richard about forty five minutes in and was like, Is this the best movie of the year? Like I am fully in love with this movie i did not expect that uh whatsoever and i i think that uh every i would be shocked if if she makes a movie in the next five to ten years that it's not very very good if not better so she was seven for me Arby. i'm glad she made your list as well yeah she's great 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 are you guys nervous about this barbie movie yes i'm just i'm always nervous on hardcore intellectual property cash-ins that are studio that yeah. don't have existing narratives behind them. But if anyone mm-hmm. can make me like it, yeah, uh, you got to feel like Greta wouldn't have boarded this project unless there was some cool space. That's exactly right? my, yeah, yeah. I was bummed when she did Little Women because I, I, I saw Lady Bird and I was like, man, this is fantastic. She's just got such a great voice and she's important to filmmaking right now and all this stuff. And I was kind of bummed. It's like, okay, you're gonna use that for Little mm-hmm. Women. That's that's kind of a whip. So that's, you know, I'm at this point, I'm like, yeah, okay, I trust your decision making. So if you think mm. you're going to make a good Barbie movie with with Margot Robbie and 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 the gauze, then yeah, I, I'm going to trust. I mean, it's a great cast. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Margot uh, Robbie seems like great casting for a yeah. Barbie. Totally. Uh, uh, and Gosling for Ken, too. I mean, yeah. I'm sure yeah. it'll ha- it'll be super winky and fun and all that. Yeah. I just I'm never going to be excited about stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Because it terrible. Battleship was great though, so it's good track record on on this kind of thing. Hopefully, it's zero good irony there. It is not not to nerd out, but like I've heard that like Barbie is super competitive. I'm uh, not super competitive, super protective of their brand. Yeah, and like that's yeah, the Mattel. reason it yeah. hasn't. So like it's it's not going to be edgy at all. That's yeah. my fear. You know, I'm not going to have any kind of adult humor or anything like that, which might be weird if it's rated G or something. Uh, I mean, who knows? Toy hey, Story Pix- is great. Pixar does it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. PG. So we'll see. Um, All right. Number nine for you, Kento. Yeah. So I've got two here because one of the directors like doesn't have a lot of movies to his name. So I have like a backup and the backup is also a, is a documentary director. So this is like a oh, tie nice. for number nine because it's kind of cheating on both. Um, so it's Alex Gibney who I absolutely love mm-hmm. documentary uh, director. And so I didn't know if I, you know, I'd have documentaries on yours or include that, but I didn't, so, but I'm totally Alex fine Gibney with you doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Same. He, he is fantastic. Every time he does a, a doc, I'm very much anticipating it. The way he narrates, the way he writes, the way he edits, super important stuff that he kind of uncovers and talks about. And yeah, I think he's basically the authority on kind of these, I don't know 
semi-political, semi-social, semi-tech company documentaries. I don't know how to how you would describe it. It's not like Michael Moore where he's trying to say anything. He's more just uh, you know, telling it like it is. So I really appreciate that about him and uh always have loved his style. So nice. uh check out his Lance Armstrong one, the Armstrong Lie. If you're not into like it's great. Um, yeah. If you're into sports, I mean that one's great. He did the history of the Eagles uh documentary, of course. Uh he did, you know, the Elizabeth Holmes, the Steve Jobs, the Scientology one he did as well. Um very talented and always enjoy mm-hmm. his stuff. And the other one is David Lowry because he nice. doesn't have a lot of movies under his belt. So uh, it's another cheating one, a projection. And I love David Lowry, so that's Yeah. That'd be my other choice for number Number nine. DFW's no good, own. Yeah. 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 No Same here. I, I had David Lowry on my, like, uh, my short list, uh, as a, as an honorable mention. I love, and I, I, if we did this list in five years, I'm, I feel pretty confident. He's, oh, sure. He's on my list. Yeah. He's, oh, same. I don't know, made four or five movies and he's four for four or five for five for me mm-hmm. in terms of right. maybe A's or A pluses on all of them. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I really enjoyed his work. So what would be your number eight, Brian? Number eight for me, he's got three. He's got three movies uh, that you know, whatever main real movies, main movies that he's uh, that he's done, and uh, they cross genre. Two of them are like two of my very favorite movies of uh, certainly of the decade, if if not ever. Uh, and he has a he has an incredible. I think he has an incredible voice behind the camera. I think he really understands how to shoot a movie. I think he knows. He gets uh, emotion and narrative and how those two things mix really well. And uh, I think he's very good with his actors, too. And he works with one of the best actors in the current currently going uh, pretty consistently. So that helps as well. So number eight for me is Ryan Coogler. Oh, nice. The Coogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say someone else, but Coogs is great. Love it. Yeah, He is. Um, is Should he doing the new Black Panther? Is he directing he it? He is. Yeah. Yes, right? I believe. I think I gotta look that up. Thought he was. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I know he's Last not doing the new. I think Michael B. Jordan is directing Creed three. Yeah, something. he didn't direct Creed two, and and MBJ is doing Creed three. Um, but I gotta look up. I think he's doing Black Panther, right? Of course, IMDb is going to be super slow. That's fun. There Regardless, is. yeah, he is. And he co-wrote the screenplay. So I would think. Awesome. I would think they would have. Definitely wanted him back for that. <laughs> yeah, do whatever yeah. needs need whatever needs to happen could, to make. Could that get happen. a trailer for that here soon too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's November. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Marvel's just going to be like, we're going to take every ad break. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do Thor. People would prefer <laughs> yeah. that, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just give us give us a, a you know Marvel Plus series or what a Disney Plus series. That would be great if something. they just were like, we're taking the second quarter. And we're going to have <laughs> three minute trailers. If it was on ABC, they could do that. And they'd be like, <laughs> yeah. we're paying ourselves Treat it to like do MacGruber, this. Yeah. yeah, throughout the course of a, an episode of SNL, it just pops yeah. in with. Yeah, exactly. MCU! Like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's the exact same theme song, though. Yeah. <laughs> we're making lots of movies and even more money. That would be a great way to promote the MacGruber series, though, oh, would man. be MacGruber ads that are 15 seconds yeah. and he's Never- counting down. Remember he had, there is a MacGruber Super Bowl ad from years ago, before the movie even. There's a Pepsi ad, I think. I feel like there was, yeah, 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 you're right. There hasn't been, that feels like that would be Yeah, it was very very confused. And they're like, well, we're doubling down the movie. And everyone was still confused. (laughs) 
I love that everyone's still confused by MacGruber. <laughs> yeah. The series is out and everyone's still like, what is this? And we're like, yep, <laughs> it's it's awesome. Enjoy it. Live it. That's what we're doing. Right. He wore the guy's skin as a mask. I still just can't get over it. <laughs> he did a reverse a reverse throat rip. That's incredible. Yes. And lock it. <laughs> don't open it. Don't open it over a cup of coffee. Oh man. That <laughs> I love that. Uh what's your next one, Richard? Yeah, number uh, eight for eight. me. This one is someone that has kind of was surprisingly low on my list. I love their filmography a ton. They're the person, one of the person whose movies I'm most excited to see. Um, I just got to using my algorithm. Thinking of, I think of them kind of more as a writer. I don't really know where to draw that line. Mm. Um, they're obviously a great cinematographer, and they've they've gotten some great Oscar winning performances. But I always feel like those performances are kind of an extension of the writing, as opposed to like. Uh, director could be wrong. So, like, as a as if we're going screenwriters, this person would probably be number one on my list. But as directors, they're a little lower, but still top ten. So, who's kidding? That's Quentin Tarantino. Nice. Obviously, crazy visual. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I just I I he, he he. If you think of director, if we were doing this as filmmaker, he might be mm-hmm. number sure. two or th- one or two for me. But as we're kind of drawing mm-hmm. that line at director, I, I moved him back a bit. There's people nice. I appreciate a little bit more as stylist. Sure. A little bit more in their collaboration with actors instead of their. I kind of thought of this as if I was an actor, who would I want to direct me? And he's awesome, but I feel like that would be a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And would I feel like I was contributing to it at all, or just kind of a cog in his (laughs) chess set? Um, And that that was kind of the thing. But yeah, that's a good one. I I cut QT and a couple others just based on this is favorite, not best. If we're doing best. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very hard to argue with, at least in terms of currently making films. It's very hard to argue against Tarantino. Your thing with him was that he does. You're a hand guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hand guy. Yeah. You're a hand guy. Exclusively <laughs> a hand guy. Yes. Yeah, so you were like, he's not enough. I like more racial epithets in my yeah. films. I mean, really. <laughs> and that's why you picked <laughs> Pete Doctor. That's why you went with the uh, yeah the Pixar guy yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gotta get way more violent if you want to Quit. please Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I had Pulp Fiction in my top ten favorite movies. Yeah, but uh, he narrowly missed my list because I think the theme of my list and just the Kent Garrison list style would be like very toned down mm-hmm. directors, and he's so flashy. Yeah, you know <laughs> that's totally just what he is, and it's a gu- more of a guilty pleasure type uh, of a director than like. I, I enjoy his movies as a mm. my my favorite uh, directors list. I don't know my list will make more sense when when we get going. You'll know why he's not. That's why Wes Anderson didn't make it because it's a more way a little bit more style. And I like I, I like less less style. I don't know if that makes. Hey, sense. spoiler less. spoiler alert, Brian. Ken's number mm-hmm. one is himself for the parcel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's I like it. Yeah, I, I accept it. Yeah. Number one, oh Kent, <laughs> numero uno. That'd be a great bit. Just no <laughs> wink either. I'm sorry. Yeah, this guy. My yeah, parents raised me to be confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No wink at all. Just wait. Hey, don't spoil my list, Richard. Come on. Gosh. <laughs> all right, Kent. You're number seven. Or number eight. Yeah. Pardon me. Number eight. My number eight is someone who doesn't have a lot of films to their name, but already has like. Every award you could ever get in this industry. And uh, she's fantastic. 
and Chloe we trust. Chloe's Yao. Nice. 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 Yeah. Yep. Definitely was in my like top 25. Mm-hmm. Same. This is what I'm talking about with not not flashy, you know, just let's take a camera out. Let's go find some people. Let's shoot a movie. That's her style. I love that. I mean, with the exception of Eternals. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, even she kind of brought that to that movie, and... you know? Uh, yeah. No, she kind of br- br- tried to bring that realism to it, but I've always really liked her style and she has a lot to say at the same time works great with actors uh and so give me sign me up for anything chloe going forward all things chloe Zhao, and she already has a best picture to her win to her name so that's why i included her as qualifying for you know having enough movies under her belt yeah love her yeah, Chloe uh, was on. I'm with you, RB. She was definitely like a top 25 for me. Two really, really good movies, and then uh, a, a fine movie, a fine big movie kind of thing. Uh, but I, I'm with you. Can't that I? I look. I definitely look forward to what she is going to bring to the table moving forward. She's she's somebody to watch for sure. What's your next one, Richard? Oh, Brian's next. Oh, Brian. Yeah, number seven for me was Greta. So we talked about okay, her. Yeah. And we can we can move on. How about you, RB? All right, my number seven is definitely a favorite of mine. Won't be a surprise, it's on my list. Um, kind of my, I assume Cameron Crowe will show up later in Brian's list, and kind of my version of that. Hasn't made a good movie in a long time, so it's kind of like hard to forget, but has made some of my favorite movies ever, and uh, that's James L. Brooks. Oh, nice. Very yeah. Nice. One of the best, oh, I think. Kind of the heir to my number one on my list later in terms of like group performances and everything that he does. And then obviously all this cool side stuff to producing, but just as a director, I love the way he directs an ensemble and the way the kind of spirit of his movies and how they, they play with the performance and all of that. And I, th- I think he's a pretty interesting stylist too behind the camera. And so, um, yeah. So James L. Brooks, my number seven. Nice. I'll tell you, I cut both Cameron Crowe and my- Michael Mann. From my, oh, from my oh shoot, Michael Mann. Man, this was hard. There's needed, so many directors. Yeah, I, know. Yeah, I, know. I is, cut a few too. Good. I didn't yeah. have uh, Fincher on my list either. Mm. Uh, oh, wow. Nearly cut cut him. That's a spoiler. And Denny as well didn't make my list. Oh, dang. I was spoiler. looking at lists, by the way, uh-huh. to kind of like make sure I didn't miss, didn't have a Michael Mann situation like I just did. <laughs> After I made my list, I was going through it and kind of editing against these kind of best lists. Mm-hmm. Like multiple lists had Denny, who I love. But like really high, like higher than Fincher, higher than PTA, higher than the Coen brothers. Wow. I, and I was just kind of like, he's great. I like him a lot. Totally. Coming up on my I think he's sure. still, yeah. he's uh, still got a lot to. Just a weird, when you're a big, big brand. Still a lot of science fiction for me. That's yeah. Why and it wasn't, it, it wasn't a favorite list like we're doing. It was like, the, sure. it was a very authoritative publication, actually two of them. And that had best that it was like Denny. 17 places ahead of the Coens. And I was like, that's <laughs> weird, but yeah, it might be a little early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I will say crow crow and man were really difficult cuts. Cause those, I mean, crow made my favorite, my favorite film of all time. Mm-hmm. Michael Mann has made two or three of my, I don't know, 50 favorite movies of all time. I mean, he's, they're incredible. Uh, but the last good movie that Michael Mann made was 18 years ago. And the last good movie that crow made was, I don't know, 20, Plus, you're, I mean, yeah. it's 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 bad. I just feel like they they have first narrative, last narrative movie, by the way, because the Pearl Jam doc was really good. Mm-hmm. But, uh, that's a little bit of a different thing. But yeah, it, it's just a when we get down to this, and I'm trying to cut people off. It's like, do I re, do I think that Cameron Crowe is going to make a good movie again? I really don't at this yeah. point, and so I kind of have to like 
put a cap on that career. And it's been a bummer of, of the last, uh, 20 years for, for one of my favorites and also one of my favorite writers too. So I don't know, maybe someday he figures it out again and kind of gets back in the shop, but it, does not feel like it's moving that way at this point, which is a bummer. Yeah, he even tried TV, and that was kind of a dud, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man's at least got this book coming out later this year, The, the Heat. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, I'm sure he's hoping that that'll spark a... Somebody will buy the, the rights to that to make yeah. it to put the money yeah. behind it. Right. Netflix, that's got to be an easy Netflix one. I read a book that he published recently about Paul Rue, the big crime... He's a big underground criminal. Um, and I didn't realize it was like man from man books. And I had no idea. I guess he's gotten into book publishing in, in addition. Makes nice. sense. It feels kind like of crime, true, yeah. true crime do and like stuff the, like that. You know, yeah. Those born books or whatever. Uh, yeah. You know, makes sense that he would explore that. Uh, next one on my list, somebody who I grew up with on all fronts and, is really, I think I've talked about him on the show, is maybe one of the more underappreciated directors of our time just because he doesn't do a lot of stuff. But when he does, he really makes an impact. And he's crossed over, I don't know, between film and commercials and music videos and all that kind of stuff. Um, mine is, my next one is Spike Jones. Nice. Oh, that's a great nice. one. Good call. Yeah, one of my favorite I, movies I ever. I mean, being John Malkovich is like... Mm-hmm total masterpiece level movie and then that's not even mentioning adaptation and her and then where the wild things are i think is a is a special movie you know um for what it is but just like the weezer videos he did and the sabotage video he did i mean that stuff i'd be lying to myself i didn't say that was some of the most impactful stuff on me as a youth i mean jackass Mm -hmm. like him shooting and, and coming up with that whole thing was a, a big deal when we were young, you know, fat boy slim and all that stuff was just huge uh, when I was young. So, I mean, obviously the filmography speaks for itself, but it's more of a cultural impact type pick for me too. Yeah. That's a good one. Forgot about the sabotage video that, that, uh, that probably puts him a little higher. That's best music video. Iconic. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Very nice. What's the next one on your list? Oh, I wish he would do more uh, movies. That's uh, I'll yeah. Just me say too. that. I yeah. wish. I mean, sure. I'm waiting for the next Spike Jones announcement. We're we'll coming see. up on nine years since her. Wow, wow, man. Isn't he married to Sofia Coppola? Still was at one point. I don't know. If no, they I don't still think are. he isn't. She's with. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. yeah. What's what's his name from uh, Phoenix? I think. Oh, okay. The, oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Phoenix. I can't remember that yeah, Thomas name. Mars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. He did the uh, he did the Aziz for, special too, not the new he did one. The score the one. for uh, what's it, what's it called? On the Rocks, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's why. There we go. Yeah. There we go. All right, number six for me is a is a local guy who has made several. Uh, has it had a very a long career at this point? Has made a ton of really good movies across a lot of different genres. Kevin Smith is from New Jersey, dude. Kevin- <laughs> but in his heart, he's a Texan. Um, in his oh, okay. in his. 4X Dallas Stars jersey. He is for me. No. Um uh, across all across all genres. Lots of really good had very few films across these 30 years that uh that were not uh, not very good. And and similar to to Apatow is somebody who I, I I think the older I get, the more I appreciate his filmography and and uh and what he's doing. So num- number six for me is is uh, Richard Linklater. Nice. Oh yeah, nice one. Nice he, one. He um 
he's two away on my list. So yeah. Okay. I would nice. say he's my yeah. number five on my list. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. He's the best. Love Days and Confused. Love uh, obviously School of Rock's great. Love everybody wants someone. The Before series is is incredible. Bernie's great. We're gonna do Bernie later this year mm-hmm. in a throwback. Um, he, you know, he has a miss here or there. Scanner Darkly, I don't think came out the way that anybody intended or expected it to. But um, I think that he also he has a how would I put this? He has a a a voice behind the camera. He has a directorial style. But it's not as uh, limiting, almost as like Wes Anderson or or somebody else. Like you, you usually know when you're seeing a Linklater movie, but it doesn't slap you in the face the way some of these other really good, really great and and uh, iconic directors from this era do. Um, it's 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 a little more subtle, I guess. And I just I think that he's. He's very versatile in what he can do, and so anyway, yeah. One one of the and he's a great interview. He's always fun. Like I, I just dig his whole his whole vibe. In addition to what he does with with uh, his movies, yeah, it's hard to think of. I mean, aside from maybe a few directors that might come up later on our list, like a more quintessentially American filmmaker than yeah, like someone that just defines mm-hmm. the the independent film success story. Yes, more than yes. him, and that's a great way. To has always it. made films that just are like really represent us as a country and you know, whatever times they're depicting is really kind of say who about say a lot about who we are and, and they feel documentary like in a way. And that's why mm-hmm. he made my list is just cause you know, I, I don't like the flashy director and he's another case of just get a camera, go find a cast and shoot something great and make it happen. You know? And mm-hmm. I, I just love that about him. I'm very excited for this. 20 year project with Beanie. I think this could be maybe the, maybe like the do over on boyhood, like, man, great concept. But if I do that again, <laughs> it could make it a lot better, you know? So hopefully that happens. And I love boyhood. Might be my favorite movie. movie of his, honestly. I love it's fantastic. Yeah. I've yeah, rewatched it maybe once or yeah. twice. And Ooh, man, it's like, I'm going to be in tears if <laughs> every time. Yeah. I mean, it is the like Kent Garrison's story was boyhood. Like that was my, my childhood, man. It's like crazy. All yeah. the songs that they use in it. It's like, yeah. dang, Richard, uh, my I mom uh, loves Bernie. I got a shout out to her. Like she was saying the other day, like Bernie might be on her top, like three movies of all time. Nice. Like, list. nice. like an absolute classic of a movie that was like Jack Black. And that should have gotten more. I mean, uh, holy might be the best Jack Black performance of all time. And we're saying that's saying a lot considering, Jack Black's filmography, but love link later. Did he make your list, Richard? No spoilers. He didn't uh, make mine, but it's okay. certainly a great, a great choice. Love yes, his work. He's, he's huge depth of work. Um, the other thing I kind of thought of is like, how excited would I be for this person's next movie? Right. And he, I would certainly be excited for his, but like I had other people ahead of him on this list, but yeah, I can't, he's always doing interesting stuff and, um, you know, is a true, true artist of the, of the form for sure. Very nice. All right. Next What's one. What's your six? Ari? Richard. Yeah. My number six is, uh, someone who makes big, you know, I had David lean on here on my honorable mentions earlier. The, I think the earlier version of this is the, the, the great, uh, epic maker of, uh, of the current time. And that's, uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Oh, kind good of one. the heir to that throne. Uh, is uh for me no one yeah i mean i mean obviously the batman movies are some of the better blockbusters of the last 
25 years, but then, you know, something like doing something like Dunkirk, um, doing something like, uh, you know, I, I, it's, I feel like there's more backlash lately, um, for some of his other, like one-off films, interstellar, which I liked, I know Kent didn't. And even, um, what am I, I can't think of the word. It starts I liked it. I just didn't love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, he, but I just think I'm, I'm here for most things he does. And uh, is oh, makes movies at a scale that I don't think a practical scale, which makes him a really unique artist that he's doing mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. Um, without a whole lot of CG and kind of doing things the old fashioned way. And he's a MacGruber fan. So <laughs> yes. Yeah. And a fast fan as well. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that's good. Wouldn't it have been he's... great if in the last episode of the series, it was just directed by Christopher <laughs> Nolan. Like, he got an early the screening of the whole series. All right. Was he at a, it was either that or he got a table read. He was at a table read for the show. One or the other. Yeah. They said he came to the set or something yeah. in New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Like he like best. really likes MacGruber. Yeah. So enough funny. to fly himself out there to like so check it out, man. What a, what a treasure. <laughs> he, yeah. He deserves a spot on the list just because of that. You're absolutely right. Okay. Uh, we're on to your next one, Brian, I think. Or I think my next you, one. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I had Link later. Uh, my next one is Damien Chazelle. Yeah. I'm surprised I thought you won. No, he's not my favorite. Not, an, um, not enough yet to, work. No. Yeah, absolutely. The the people I have ahead of him, one of whom was Link later, had just so much success that's like, <laughs> I can't vehemently put him on there and, and feel good about it. But um the thing about Chazelle is, I mean, I could put Whiplash and La La Land in my top 10 of all time. And of course, about yeah. It, though. But I think I had Whiplash on there because it's, it's way more of a Ken Garrison movie and mm-hmm. in terms of my experience in playing in jazz uh, growing up. So I love, I mean, he's three for three with uh, with that and La La Land and First Man and very excited about this re-watch first Babylon movie that he's got yeah. coming out. Heck it's yeah. supposed to be huge, so uh, we shall see. Yeah. He's cast uh, Margot Robbie and Samara Weaving in the same movie, which <laughs> is two people that are identical. It'll be very interesting to see how <laughs> he makes that work. If anyone can make that work, it's uh, it's Damien Chazelle. So. And he also has Brad Pitt and Tobey Maguire in the same movie, and they're exact twins to me, too. I <laughs> yes. can't tell. Identical. Real Dermot Mulroney, Dylan McDermott situation <laughs> yeah. with those two. Yeah. Should have yeah. been, man. Should have. Anytime it's Toby, it sh- I always think it should have been Topher. And especially in this case, because <laughs> Brad Pitt and Topher have a legacy of incredible <laughs> scenes right. together. Also, how much, how much is Chazelle <laughs> cashing in on the oh, old Hollywood didn't like the musical? Well, they're going to love this old Hollywood movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's yeah. going for it with this one, man. He's casting everyone he can. <laughs> he's going for that. He, like they called my name wrong on the best picture and screwed up the envelope. Like he probably feels still <laughs> sick about that. Gene Smart's in that too, by the way. Ooh. Cannot Gene. wait. And Jeff Garland though. Sorry. How old is Chazelle? Uh, like 32 well, or something? Like he yeah, was like stupid. 18 when he made <laughs> like, he's 37. He's good grief. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. We're failures. Yeah. We're it's all him, failures. Sean McVay and Zach Wilson or whatever, or Zach Johnson. Who's the Bengals coach? They're all just uh, hanging Taylor, out. Taylor. Right? Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> They're all hanging out. We're better well, than Zach Wilson, though. Cool. There's that. Yeah. Well, he's 39 <laughs> too. So I mean, we yeah. got we got it. Yeah, like we got some young up and coming directors that are really really <laughs> talented. Another one I would have put on. You mentioned the the Safties, Richard. That was a great one. I would have put Ari Aster like as a near miss too. Yeah, I definitely thought Aster. about him. Definitely a really original. Yeah, cool stylist. Definitely. 
Yeah, um, I, I maybe one more movie he would make yeah. my top ten. I'm excited for his. Ne- I mean, I'm terrified. Have you seen his short it. films, uh, Richard Munchausen? And oh, you need to watch those. Those are, whew, those are um, fantastic. But yeah, Disappointment Boulevard. It's like a horror comedy he's got with Joaquin mm-hmm. and yeah. Nathan Lane are the two leads on it. I'm like, oh, um, that's a pretty awesome one two punch. He could there. go like Nathan a real Lane's PTA good in territory with his career. Like, <laughs> yeah, he could go like non horror, but go kind of. Uh, on on edge, uneasy feeling, you know, with some of his movies, like uh, some of the PTA stuff does. So very interested to see what Ari Aster does. Um, what's the next one on your list, uh, Richard? Are we on yours? We're in the top five now, boys. Yeah. This is the big time. This is the big time. Uh, number five is the guy that you mentioned uh, previously, Richard. What I find really interesting about this guy is... um. So I, I, I mentioned I, I cut I cut Michael Mann I cut Cameron Crowe I also cut like Ridley Scott he's another one who is yeah has been around for for quite a while but mm. you're not quite sure <laughs> in yeah. some ways it makes me like him more than that movie to movie you're not quite sure what you're gonna get yeah but then in some ways I'm like but he made the Counselor so there is that um, he's my number one director I would want to be an actor for though because yeah. Yeah, it's a great point. The way he sets up like 17 cameras for every shot and just gets it done. (laughs) Yeah. You're eating lunch at one o'clock and you're home. Like, because. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would definitely (laughs) love to work with Ridley and would never work with David Venture. There's no chance. This is infuriating, sir. Um, Yeah. But there's these these sort of um, older directors or, or, or at least directors who have been around for a long time and you kind of feel like. Uh, you, you know, the, they might, their their best may be behind them, or is definitely behind them in in the case of some of these. And then there's Spike Lee, who his his last two movies are mm-hmm. like kind of his best, like some of his best movies, and that is saying something for such a a storied career. I've always loved Spike Lee, the the person and the personality. Um, having grown up as sort of a an adopted Knicks fan, um, and and all of the. I mean, Richard, I think you can you you can appreciate this and kind of attest to this. Like, growing up as like uber basketball nerds, mm-hmm. and there just wasn't a ton. There wasn't quite yet a lot of basketball in the culture. Um, yeah, like the mainstream culture and stuff. And then Spike Lee's out here just like doing everything he can to uh, to bring attention to how cool basketball is, or to make basketball cooler. Yeah, um, and making movies about it and stuff. And and uh, anyway, I love his persona. I love his whole bit. And again. His last two movies with with Defy Bloods and and Black Klansmen, like those are those might be like on his IMDb, you know his his personal Mount Rushmore, and that's after you know closer to forty years in the business than than thirty, and uh, and so Spike Spike's number five for me. Great choice, yeah, uh, a narrow miss on mine, but yeah, I mean he could be he could if we did this in three years. He gets another one or two. Awesome. He's on such a heater right now. He could totally, totally be in there. Um, honestly, in a different day, in a different mood, cop probably could have been in mind as well. You know, mm-hmm. he's right there. He's like 11 or 12 on my list. So, so I'm really glad he's represented here because he's a genius. Absolutely. Yeah. Love him. All right. Next on my list was Linklater. So nice. are we on your number five, Richard? Yeah. I can do my number five aforementioned uh, as someone we would not want to be part of, but I, I just love his work and love um, the end result of it. And that's Fincher for me. Number five. I think he, I thought you were going to say Joss Whedon. 
<laughs> no, I'd love to work with Jaws Whedon. I think he and I share similar values. Um, <laughs> oh, Fincher, man. We'll talk about him this week in the VIP because we're doing Panic Room, by the way. Absolutely. Joss and I are both feminists. Wink. Um, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, Fincher's, I mean, he's just, he doesn't make anything bad. Um, he's, he's, uh, meticulous, but to the point of, but it wor- it works, you know, for the like, right oh. reasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's not for the the look at what an artist I am and all of these things. You know, it actually has obviously a purpose because his movies are so lush and and cool and creepy when they need to be and effective. And you know, a lot of times, what's interesting about him is he's a really good. I mean, unless you're the actor, a really great director of actors and actresses. Um, a lot of times people that are really meticulous are sh- so obsessed with the shot composition. Uh, but he is that. But also he gets really great performances out of people. I mean, you you look at someone like – I always – you know, Ben Affleck is like the most mediocre actor ever, I think. And I mean that kind of as a compliment, meaning mm-hmm. he rises and falls to the, lev- the level of who is directing him, <laughs> whether it's someone really – great like Fincher or him <laughs> he's a very good director or mm. if it's a mediocre or a bad director then he's not going to be very good in something and like you look at how great he is in Gone Girl and things like that and then obviously he gets great performances out of um, you know uh, great great actors as well that he's worked with across so um, we'll have Fincher always excited for what he's got got cooking next and uh, I'm, I'm excited I, I love Mank um, a lot and I love that it was. it's probably the truest representation of him, right? It comes from his dad and and such a passion project for him. But at the same time, it felt like the least Finchery movie because <laughs> it's such mm-hmm. an, you know, it's such an homage to Citizen Kane. Um, so I'm, it feels like it's been a while since like a real Fincher joint. So I'm sure. excited for, for that as well. If he didn't win for social network, will he ever? Dude, that movie <laughs> just I mean, gets I mean better. That, I mean, I've seen that movie yeah, 600 I, I times. It was good it was at the moment every... and it's even better now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that movie... Social network, the more and more you watch it, you're just like, I'm just blown away at it. Every yeah. part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I, I I love Fincher too. And I think he gets a bad reputation because a lot of the stuff about him being a hard ass is taken out of context. And he's like, look, I shoot multiple, so many angles of each scene. Yeah. I shoot coverage different than most directors do. A lot of them will shoot a scene and they'll have eight cameras pointed at the action and they'll cut it together. I don't do it that way. I yeah. I do it. I shoot it, and then I move the cameras and shoot it again. And we and it t- might take a while. We do it over the shoulder. We do a wide shot, you know. And so he's like, "That's what they're talking about." Yeah, we might do it ninety times, but we're doing eight different angles. So yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what it is. And so I'll defend him on that. You know, he Me is, too. and it works obviously. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. it's not like he does that and then makes a Lettier movie. So who? Cares? Sure, exactly. Yeah, like, there's there's method to the madness for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did he make your list at all, Brian? No, I put him in the the QT Scorsese yeah. uh, Soderbergh group. Ooh, Soderbergh. Of like, Ooh, yeah, yeah, like hey, these are. Nice. I mean, if, if we're just saying who are the best directors going right this second, I mean, it'd be really hard to not. You'd have to come up with a reason, right, to not put those four guys on, right. on the list. But I don't. I mean, of the three of us, I am the the least impressed by by Fincher, but. Even still, it's like, well, but every movie is a freaking A, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, he's, he's very, very good. He's not somebody who 
I won't even say that I don't look forward to his movies. I do because they're always high quality films. Always, always. Um, but I'm, I, I don't get into, I'm not in the Fincher hive, I guess is yeah. the way I'd put it. So. And I think he's such a true director too, because he doesn't, I mean, he has some screenwriting background, but he's not the full Tarantino or PTA or, or different things where it's like this full, he works with different screenwriters and then makes their thing awesome. He's, he's so great at, yes. at yes. taking, uh, look, you work with Aaron Sorkin, it's probably a pretty good script, but we've seen what Aaron Sorkin scripts look like in lesser hands. And so, mm-hmm. um, his own. Mm-hmm. mostly his own. And so, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, he, that's a cool, I think that's a really cool skill set. It's like, yeah, just give yeah, me the paper and I'm going to make it awesome. Like if that's we're talking true. just directors, I think that's so cool. All right. Um, going to number four for you, Brian. Number four for me um, has made he's he is a he's a guy who uh, really hasn't been in the game for for all that long, although much longer than like Greta or or or, or Kugler. But um, his last four films are some of my favorite movies of their respective decades. Um, I love science fiction, so as we were kind of talking about him previously, yeah. that's you know it it, it works for me. Uh, is Denny? Yeah, I'll just go ahead. And say. Number five, number number four for me. Excuse me, is Denny? Um, I think Sicario is one of the best crime films I have ever seen, and uh, is one that I I strangely rewatch pretty frequently. Like, there's yeah. such I don't great, know why what it is necessarily about awesome. that, but it's, it's just yeah, like, yeah. You know, music. What you're for yeah, yeah, for sure. The the music, the score is great, and it just I don't know. Like that movie might have. We talk about uh, the Dark Knight having like the most like heat michael mann kind of feel to it yeah sicario has a couple of scenes like that too that feel like they're straight out of a man joint and uh and i love that but then he he moves on from that and he does arrival he does blade runner 2049 and then he does he does dune which i again i i think uh greatness i mean it's and we're not even gonna i to me it's like we don't even quite know how great it is because the second part i truly believe is going to add to the the appreciation of the first part and uh and that's an unfilmable book that he made um, look and feel and sound incredible. So, uh, number number four for me is Denny. And 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 I mean, again, I didn't factor projection into this, mm-hmm. but it feels like a no brainer to say in ten years. You know, we just talked about like the QT Scorsese uh, venture group. Like, it feels like a no brainer to say he is a lock for that group of of filmmakers in in ten years or whatever. Absolutely. I'm so, ex- I'm so interested in that. He, he's kind of my version of Fincher, Brian, right? Yeah. Where I really respect yeah. him, but he didn't make my top 10, but I, I very excited for his thing. Um, I obviously, he's got another Dune coming next. And then I, I, I hope he returns to sci-fi one day, but I hope he leaves it for a movie or two and mm-hmm. goes back sure. to yeah, some kind of thriller or something because yeah. he's so cool in that too. I hope mm-hmm. yeah. we're down this road of him doing some, some sci-fi stuff, which is great. I love sci-fi too, but I, I wouldn't mind him kind of going back to something a little more grounded too. And then, and then if he wants to make three more sci-fi movies after that, awesome. Go nuts. They're always awesome. Mm-hmm. He's great. He's yeah. so talented. Yeah. Hopefully they shoot the next Dune movie back to back with the next one, because if not, he's going to be booked for like eight years working on Dune mm-hmm. two and Dune three. So mm-hmm. hopefully he'll have some time to, to do some more, some different movies and, you're right, Brian. I mean, Dune One is great. If it's the Fellowship of the Ring of the Dune series in terms yeah. of the movies, we're in for a right. freaking great series. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. Think about yeah. how great Absolutely. the Fellowship of the Ring was when it came out, and those movies exceeded that. It's like uh, hard to believe that that could happen, but 
if we're listening to Brian, who knows this source material, there's a possibility of that. Uh, so I'm excited, very excited. Mm -hmm. And Dune was certainly my top 10 of, of last year. Uh, a movie that he did, uh, Enemy, is mm -hmm. fantastic, man. And yeah. it's, not, it's one that I guess isn't mentioned a lot, but like very much like a, I don't know, almost an M. Night Shyamalan kind of sure, kind yeah. of twist movie. And uh, I guess it might be the Gyllenhaal. I love me some Gyllenhaal, but mm -hmm. when Gyllenhaal is used correctly, man, he can, he can really hum and he's a great actor, but enemy is one to check out. Yeah. Enemy's very early, good. Prisoners early is great too. I oh, hate yeah. prisoners. I'll never watch prisoners again. I just, I remember I that like, episode vividly. Paul Dan aggressively horrible and, and like just the mm -hmm. feeling depressing in mm -hmm. the way of it. But but it's a great movie. I mean, it's really well made. And, you know, that for me personally, like that might be his quote unquote worst movie. And it's very, very good. So love it. All right. My number four, we're getting into all timer territory here, fellas. Yeah, we are. That's I right. I mean, we're, these are, yeah, my top three is just chalk. So yeah, it's going to be, these are put them on the stones, the Mount Rushmore of, of mm. directors type of stuff for, in my opinion. Um, you, you know, we talk, uh, you guys don't have like a, any posthumous people on your list or any? I don't. I do. I do. But that's, I do. Uh, we my, next, my next one is that. my next yeah. one is is posthumous. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, this one is uh, Stanley Kubrick for me. Yeah. Nice. I mention for me, but yeah, love me some Kubrick. The aesthetic, the vision. Um, I mean, give me Doctor Strangelove in two thousand and one and The Shining, and I'm good. And then I yeah. love his other movies too. Full Metal Jacket. Mm -hmm. I hold in very high regard. Did I send you all that uh, the the Doctor Strangelove poster that somebody uh, no. put up on Twitter? I get it. I'll, I'll I find need. It I need to see it. I got to send this to you. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, but gosh, yeah. uh, what a just a prolific guy and like you know great for still photographer and translated his ability to to film at an early age. Paths of Glory is mm, a masterpiece man. in his own, his own right, and made that when he was very young. And so yeah. Kubrick was was a goat. Was gone too soon, and who knows what he might have done, you know, at the end. But um, we we know what he would have done. One of them was AI, and uh, mm -hmm. then we had Eyes Wide Shut, and that was it. So, uh, but I think, like I said, the movies that I mentioned stand the test of time and are among the uh, you know top one hundred movies of all time, if not top fifty, twenty five, whatever you want to say. So, love me some Kubrick and. I could put on his movies and like, you know, desert Island type of thing. And there's still so much to, to learn and dig into about, mm. about them. So. Very nice. Yeah. I figured that's, that's somebody who's. Wow. That is a great poster, poster Ryan. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I need beautiful. it. Yeah. Yeah. I got to sub that in on my, on my Plex library. Greatness. For that, man. For that one. That yeah. dude, that freaking war room set in that movie oh, with so that cool. like circular yeah. light is so cool. It looks so, so great. Cool. Uh, go ahead, Brian. Sorry, I interrupted you. Arby, we got your four, right? I want to make sure we're... Uh, we haven't had my four yet, no. Okay, go for it. My number four is someone else who's no longer with us, a true master of the craft, right along with Kubrick. Someone who I did a, a rewatch, definitely a prolific director, made a movie pretty much every year for a long time. And so many eras... Woody so Allen. Many, so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, my final four are Woody Allen, Mel Gibson. <laughs> um, no. Uh, <laughs> no, but... Uh, my number four is Alfred Hitchcock. And so mm, nice. just the best, obviously the greatest thriller director ever. The kind of Fincher's definitely the heir to Hitchcock with their their style, I think. 
I mean, Gone Girl is like a straight up Hitchcock movie um, in modern times. And so I liked having them back to back. But the master is the master, the master of suspense, but also really funny, great moments of comedy in a lot of his films. And, uh, you know, along with many others, uh, invented so much of the film language that we know to this day. And and so, uh, but he's my favorite because he has the pop sensibility about him and uh, is is just a, uh, a endlessly fascinating brain. And I, I love Alfred Hitchcock, so that's my. It's a shame four. he didn't exist in a time with a podcast because I would have the Hitch Pod <laughs> would have been yeah would have been greatness. Both Hitches, Chris Hitchens and and Hitchcock, <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock, both would have been great podcast people, I think. <laughs> and uh, Will Smith as, as Hitch. Hitch, yeah, agreed. <laughs> agreed. Yeah. Which was Hitchcock's. Um, would have been his next that, film. That was his dying wish. Was yeah, for Hitch to be made. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was like, I want to work with Kevin James. If Kevin James just cast, <laughs> there will be another. His name is Kevin James. <laughs> Go Saints. And then he died. <laughs> Go Saints. <laughs> oh, man. I watched Home Team over the weekend, fellas. I did watch it. Uh, you're a braver what man than I. A, what an experience. <laughs> I will tell you. I think we multiple should multiple butthole jokes in the first like 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, I'm in. Okay. That changes Who everything. Who plays Greg Williams? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I'm not, I, didn't got, I don't uh, remember, actually. I don't think anyone. Uh, uh, really? Oh, that's a shame. Such a great... Um, I was hoping one of <laughs> Sandler's NYU buddies... I'll do it, yeah. but only if we do a... Um, uh, I can't think of words today. I'm struggling. Uh, Discord watch party. Couldn't think of the word Discord. Um, yeah. yeah. If yeah. we do a Discord watch party live on some capacity, I, I will watch that movie. For sure. But yeah. any other way, absolutely not. got to put it to good use if we're going to watch yeah. that. Yeah. Same with cats. <laughs> All right. Same number territory. Th- number yeah. three for you, uh, Brian. Yeah, look, number th- like I said, the, my top three are, are, are chalk. Maybe, maybe this one will be slight surprise given that they haven't come up on the list as of yet. But I would be, I mean, most people who've listened to this show are going to have at least one and two pretty, pretty well pegged. Number three is a... A pair of directors uh, who who make who are to your kind of what you said, Richard, are also just great filmmakers, but uh, have a particular style. It has always made me very happy. Just their their style of movie uh, and and their their voice, their comedic voice and dramatic voice is so unique and strange. And it's been, I think, copied to. Lesser degrees, many many times. Over, Fairly over Brothers, their, their, yep, yeah, the Fairly Brothers. Over the last, <laughs> I, say, I don't think Jane Silent Bob directs movies, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one of them doesn't even have a voice. Um, but the have you seen yeah, Jason Amy, bro? <laughs> yeah, I assume these guys are coming up on on yeah. at least your list. I'm already ready to uh, talk. Canto. Yeah, and I and hope I assume yours too, probably Richard. Uh, it's the Coens. Number three for me is the Coens. Number two um, for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll talk about them now. They're on my. They're coming up on mine. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, look the the for literally my entire life, these guys have been making movies, and I loved raising. I was weird. There's not many things like from my teen years where I was like, uh, I was weirdly ahead of the curve of like my my uh, my classmates and my friends and stuff like that. Raising Arizona was one of those things. I loved raising Arizona so much, and no one understood it. You know, you'd be like, hey, we should watch this movie, and no one else is laughing. It's just me, and. uh and there was, there's been times like that throughout the, the, uh, the, the, the history of the Coens where I'm, I'm in a, like, I remember, uh, Inside Lewin Davis, I'm sitting in a theater 
kind of cackling because it's a really funny uh-huh. movie and no one else is laughing. Yeah, like, same. Do, does anybody know this is a comedy? Am I weird? Like this is outer. This is kind of what we're going space. for here. Yeah, <laughs> I was dying. I had the same thing with uh, Phantom Thread. I know it wasn't as big a fan for both of you, as both sure, of you, but yeah. like that movie's really like a dark comedy. I'm like cackling, laughing, and all these olds around me are like thinking it's this really <laughs> serious drama. I'm like, no, like she's poisoning him. This sure. is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, the there's, I mean, look, there's been some some misses along the line. They kind of got lost in the the late '90s, early 2000s, especially. Um, save from and Lo- then, save Lebowski. Yeah, exactly. Save Lebowski. Thank you. But and then they're like, okay, well, we'll make No Country for Old Men, and we're right back on track to <laughs> to all these. Inc- I mean, yeah. Have they? I don't know. They've there's been a miss since since that one, and and uh, and some of them are just like some of the truly the best movies that we have seen uh, over the course of uh, of this podcast. And then they do like Buster Scruggs, which is hilarious and so different and weird, but still very Coheny and. Uh, and all this, and then we get, you know, we have Macbeth really. Anyway, I'm going on and on. I know you guys want to talk about him as well. The Coens rule. There is never going to be a time where the Coens make a movie that I, they can make 10 bad movies in a row. And then the 11th one will be like, but it's the Coens. I'm pretty, mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about this because I love what they're going to bring to the table. So that's me. Number three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any comments, Richard? I'll, I'll get to him later, but yeah, we can talk about him a little more later. I'll just talk when okay. you do. That's fine. All right. Sounds good. Um, my number three uh, might show up on y'all's list. I don't know, but I mean, you think about impactful moments of my life, especially as a child. I mean, this is the man for that. And I mean, I could take you know, three of his movies and say, yeah, this is your desert Island. I could watch these three forever and be fine. Uh, my number three, uh, Spielberg. Yeah. Nice. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. He'll Shocker, show. he comes up later on my list. Yeah, I, I thought he might. I didn't know if you were Richard. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know uh, if he would be next or what, Brian. But we can talk about him later. But in terms of me, yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you give me, you know, Indiana Jones, Close Encounters, Jaws, and Jurassic Park. Like, I'm good. And mm-hmm. then that's not even counting, like, the last 30 years of his movies, you know. <laughs> right. So right. Yeah. I love the guy. And he's still making incredible movies. Might win Best mm-hmm. Picture this year. Uh, unbelievable talent and the goat of his generation, really uh, the the most successful director of all time, and and well deserved because he is the best and might be the best producer of all time too. So love the guy. He brought us Tiny Toons and Animaniacs so, so. <laughs> and Animaniacs. Yeah, absolutely, key, key, key. Yeah, he's one. He's not on my list only. Be, I mean, but I'm with you on his on his hits. Um, he, you know how actors have one for them and one for me. Like you do a pop movie and then mm-hmm. you do something kind of indie and interesting to you. Steven Spielberg thing te- seems to be one that Richard will love and one that will anger Richard for seven years. Hey, let's be real. How many how many places down the list did the post knock Spielberg? Like 15, 25? Yeah, he probably was like... <laughs> he was like he, top 10 before that. Yeah, like, he was oh, probably man. right around top 10. Betrayal. Total betrayal. <laughs> yeah, that put him in the, like, the early, low 20s for me. High teens, low 20s. But he's the master. I mean, obviously, he's the best ever, I yeah. think. I don't think anyone... Certainly in, in terms of mass... Uh, media filmmaking. He's he's the greatest. Of course, of course he is. I'm not an idiot. But favorite, not not in my top ten sure. because he made the post, yeah. and I'll never forgive him. Because <laughs> he made a top ten movie of that year. That's tough. Yeah. While we're totally. on the topic, favorite underrated guilty pleasure Spielberg movie that you guys 
uh, return to typically not like guilty pleasure, but like my favorite movie he's ever made is probably well Raiders, if you can. Jurassic Park, but yeah, Catch right. Me If You Can, it's right up there with yeah. me. Yeah, love that movie. Guilty pleasure. Um, I, I I rewatched Ready Player One pretty frequently. Ugh. Like it's just a decent background movie. To yeah, me. I've watched um, it maybe once or twice since it uh, came back out. Yeah. Okay, I'll know, give it another that's shot. Answer to this, but uh, I ha- I watched it again after I think the metaverse stuff started getting announced. Yeah, I'm like mm-hmm. okay, this is sort of relevant again. Yeah, no, sure definitely, you're right. Actually, you kind of backed into some relevancy there. For but sure, I'll, I'll give that credit to the author. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Hook is the answer to this. I love Hook, oh. and Hook is like one of his. It might be his worst movie from a Rotten Tomato standpoint, but I love Hook. So, I've rewatched uh, War of the Worlds recently. Yeah, greatness. Um, so, Minority Report is be my favorite, and yeah, well, definitely movie. an underrated Spielberg. I think we're doing that later this year. Hopefully, yeah. oh, man, I would I'm like to say nice things one. about Steven Spielberg. So that I'm glad that gives me a, <laughs> the Fablemans is really interesting though. Him doing something mm-hmm. kind of autobiographical with the Kushner Kushner screenplay mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and smaller mm-hmm. and all of that um, with Michelle Williams and Paul Dano and I think Seth Rogen too. I mean that that that's seems like it could be really cool. And he has a screenwriting credit on that too. So yeah. Um, him doing sort of a, a small thing was, is, is interesting. Mm-hmm. It's funny. He's like always wanted to work with Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen's talked about, they've met like multiple times yeah. over the years to work because Rogen, they, they had met uh, to do a ready player one movie. Like, cause Rogen was developing one with Evan Goldberg about a, a it was basically a, that movie from the eighties where the kid, uh, you know, the video game kid that starts a war or whatever with video games. What What is it called? Last Starfighter or something like that? I don't yeah, know. something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they were talking about that and then Steven ended up making Ready Player One. So basically did did that without them, you know? So it's just, that's a very funny thing that like Spielberg's like, man, I really want to try to get Seth Rogen in one of my movies. <laughs> and then have, George Lucas kept that. creeping him out. While he's trying to like recruit <laughs> Seth Rogen, so that's funny. Yeah, that. yeah, it's funny. Uh, my uh, guilty pleasure underrated one would be Duel. Uh, oh yeah, that's a great one. Seventy one yeah, for sure. Just about d- people being chased on the open yeah. roads by a truck. Yeah. It's greatness, man. Uh, my wife's maybe that. least favorite movie of all time. Duel was really forced down her, you that's know, funny. forced on her by her dad, and so at a oh, bad okay. age, and she was just like, yeah. So she she's out on du- <laughs> she's out on Duel forever. Yeah. She might have seen Unhinged instead with Russell Crowe. It might have been what she watched. <laughs> Same kind of thing, but way different. But so much worse. Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Joyride. Remember that one? <laughs> Steve Zahn? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that was a... We need to throw back on that one. That's it's a very <laughs> early 2000s gem of Joyride. Okay. Uh, next one on my list. I think I'm on number two. Are we correct? Or are we on your number three, Richard? Uh, my number three is a director. I don't know if he's on either of your lists, but... Um, Ken, he might be on yours, but I don't know if it's not this high, but I think a, a real made some of my favorite movies ever. And, and really just to me is like kind of the opposite of Tarantino. So much more interesting as a director um, than as a writer. Um, and so my, my number three is PTA. Ooh, no, he's not on my list. I mean, such a great man. photographer, such a great yes. director of actors, such a great kind of loose performance based um, director has made a bunch of different things in a lot of different genres and, and uh, yeah, just, just has a real, it's just a real artist that I, I think I like Fincher kind of has that gift of when he puts his camera on something, it's better. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I think he has maybe almost better than most directors that we've talked about on this episode, the ability to know when's the right time to make a movie and when's kind of yeah. not. And he seems like he makes movies that uh, make sense. Sure. <laughs> yeah. He's not just doing superfluous stuff just to have another movie at, in his filmography. So I've always really respected that because he's certainly somebody who could cash in and go, you know, get paid a hundred million dollars or whatever it is to do three movies for a studio, but he's, he's just not like that. Uh, so I, I love him, man. Yeah. He's another miss on my list for sure. Would have been probably uh, slightly outside of the top 10. Yeah, for sure. Nice. All right, Brian. And we can do my number two real quick, just because okay. we're going to talk about it in a few. And we already talked about it once. Cones are number two for me. Cones are oh, number nice. two for me as well. Oh, okay. Um, oh, wow. So, so yeah. Um, number one for me is uh, Joel Cohen. Actually, just <laughs> I love to make that. Mine's just Ethan Cohen, the guy that did the Garfield movie, or what's the other Joel <laughs> Cohen? Tom the other Cohen. Yeah, whatever that one. Yeah. Both Only of them. One of the three has worked with Bill, you know. So that's, that's fair. All I'm saying. Yeah, yeah man. Cohen's are just. You talk about with like I did with Linklater, the indie filmography success story. I mean, these guys, you know, hustled it. Uh, yeah. You know, with Blood Simple back in the day, and and here they are. Yeah. And gosh, I I mean, No Country for Old Men is they finally got you know the praise that they've deserved all those mm -hmm. years. But I feel like there's still yeah. some some great stuff ahead. If mm -hmm. if not uh, for Ethan, then certainly for Joel. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, cut it off right now, and I'll be fine. You know, <laughs> yeah. Sure. If they never made another movie, and like that's it, we're done. Yeah, I'm they in. made your favorite movie ever, right? Fargo sure, Fargo still, still yeah, still my favorite yeah. movie. Yes. One hundred percent. And the I the, to my Tarantino point too. There also would be very high, if not number one, on my favorite screenwriters list. The thing that made them to me better directors are it's it's less sort of comment on filmmaking. Like right, it's more like Ken said, less flashy as directing. And they have directed a wider variety of performances. Whereas Spielberg, or, pardon me, Tarantino is great at the really flashy dialogue heavy. This person kind of sounds like Quentin Tarantino performance, which is great. It's fun and all that. Mm. Um, but the, the Coens have had a, just a myriad of different types of performances across all of their movies that they have worked with these actors and casted these actors to really perfect. And while their scripts are incredibly and impeccable and, and note perfect and not a reason to change a comma, um, they're able as directors to find these moments with their actors that, that make them more cinematic um, and, and nuanced and different. So that's, yes. that's why they were higher. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Wow. Great. Uh, Brian, are we on your number one now? I got my last two, okay. uh, but they've, they've both been mentioned and I think will come as no surprise. Number two for me is Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, who had a head of Spielberg. That's shocking to me. No, just kidding. Spielberg's number one. <laughs> okay. Just, oh, just get it out of the way Snyder, here. Number yeah. one. What? <laughs> the snides um yeah like i i can't remember what episode it was arby maybe insomnia so it was it was an episode that you and i did uh -huh. and can't couldn't join for us or something like that. it was right before yeah i, I think it was, was. Right before I, 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 I don't think i was on that one yeah yeah um but we talked about or maybe that was memento regardless i we talked about how christopher nolan is is almost singular um right now in that he's he's almost a genre unto himself and he makes he's making movies that are uh 
you know, at least pre-pandemic, are are drawing crowds in a way that pretty much only properties draw crowds yeah. at this point. And that's such a unique and strange thing at this point. I love his vision. I'm sure that he's a, not the the most fun person to work with uh, or or to be around in a lot of ways, but he does love McGruber, so I don't know. Maybe I'm totally wrong on that, but um, I think that he he has a, a just a remarkable clear vision for every movie that he he makes and i think sometimes he gets he sometimes he uh he he struggles along the way to like put that to to screen and there will come a point in which like cuz he's kind of on a, a a bad dip right like tenet wasn't as well received as as anything else that he'd done previously and interstellar with he's got dunkirk kind of sitting in the middle of that that was incredibly well received so but his like original vision uh visions of of like uh sci-fi or futuristic kind of stuff which is sort of what uh what breaks him post the batman trilogy uh or dark knight anyway because inception was was between those those two movies anyway uh you know it's possible that that he's going to hit a hit a slump here um if if he's not if he's not too careful but it's also Entirely possible that Oppenheimer is like, well, this won every single award and yep. he uh, he can move on. But I, I love his vision. I love what he does behind the camera. I, I love the um, the 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 ambition that he he brings to the screen and and the risk that he's willing to take. Things like uh, Tenet or Interstellar. That even if they don't totally work out, you're like, yes, but he made an original movie um, in an era when that's just not happening at all, and it was very ambitious and it tried to do something, whether it it came out or not. And they always look great. The sound is always an issue, obviously, but uh, yeah, I love Christopher Nolan and, and he um, even more. So Spielberg is always going to be the director to me. Like he's going to be like what I think of when I think of the word uh, director. Mm-hmm. Um, but given the, the age difference here, I think Christopher Nolan is probably number one on my list in terms of the excitement I'm going to get from, Hey, Christopher Nolan has a new movie, you know, mm-hmm. or that first trailer that that comes out, or or whatever else you want to call it. So, uh, two two for me is Nolan, and and then one is Spielberg. If if we wanted to to cover into that again in a little bit, yeah, yeah, I love Tenet. I don't know, maybe I liked it more than you guys. Even I thought it was an extremely underrated film, and I think it will sure. it will get more praise as time goes on. People will maybe realize it was better than. Uh, we said it was gave it credit for i don't know but i've always loved him and only more great things to come i feel like from christopher yeah. nolan like he yeah. needs a needs more oscar love needs glad he's needs out of the wb thing i mean he made some great movies at wb but mm-hmm. just right. their <laughs> their track record tends to drag people down so he may be even better than we think it shows you what a, a crapshoot it is or, or dumpster fire it is i should say like the fact that he wasn't even willing to produce those movies and just like yeah. kind of put his name on him and get a check. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't even want any of this, any part. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, whew, that's tough. But gosh, cannot wait for Oppenheimer, man. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. The cast on that is insane, too. Ridiculous. So, and Perfect <laughs> subject matter for Nolan movie. I mean, absolutely <laughs> flawless. Could have predicted it maybe, you know, like I pulled it out of a hat and it's an atom bomb movie. Oh, yeah. Perfect. I can't wait. <laughs> All right. I got one more. You got one more, Richard. This is it. I do have one more. Yeah. Okay. Um, go ahead, Richard. I'll let you, uh, yeah, this is one that's not going to be on other, either of your lists, but it's my favorite. And, uh, 
a great director, not only of the uh, on screen, but also of the stage and someone I think has made some of the best movies ever. Someone who's the best director of actors ever, in my opinion, um, someone who had an incredible style and, uh, you know, with the, with the camera as well, even though it doesn't come from that world, comes from more of an acting world. And my number one is Mike Nichols. Oh, wow. very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Mike Nichols is the coolest. He made so many great movies and he's like, I thought this one was like, if I were to be a director, I'd want to be Mike Nichols. seems like he directed most things over dinner. And that's the way to do things, I think. No, but he's the best. Yeah, I love him. My favorite, uh, one of my favorite Hollywood people ever. But uh, there's a great joke, too, of like everything Warren Michaels does. He's just doing like a Mike Nichols impression and things like that. He's just like one of those cool classic Hollywood uh, things. And I, I love I love so many of his movies. Obviously, The Graduate is one of the, the great movies. He did it so young and. And so many other great, great ones as well. So, um, so good and all the way across. So he's, uh, uh, yeah, my number one with, with a bullet, Mike Nichols. But I don't expect them to be on either of your list. But I think you both like Mike Nichols, so that's good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's a great one. That's a really. I I probably wouldn't have guessed that for you, um, but that's that's a that's a strong. <laughs> he's pretty good. He was a pretty good director. So that's a good one. That's a good one. Man, that's why it's the favorites list. I would not have expected that. That's a that's a Richard Barden pick right there. That's what Mike I do. Mike Nichols greatness, man. All timer for sure. Yeah, Virginia Woolf all the way through yeah, Charlie it. Wilson's War. Yeah, it's great. That book's awesome. Um, there's actually two that are good. One's an oral history, and then one's a straight up biography. They're both they're both great. And you put him as number one because he made Travolta the president in Primary Colors, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Absolutely. That and what planet are you from? That's my one too. No, but uh, President Travolta. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah so much so much good stuff and and uh yeah such a cool yeah such a cool uh just personality of, of of film as well do you like the documentary becoming mike nichols yeah i did i did i like the book more um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah he's 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 a really interesting i mean you know he comes from you know he's a german jewish immigrant or russian Jew, you know he's like got a million different things of background he he was he had alopecia or whatever. So he wore wigs his whole life and things like that. I mean, there's an incredible like origin story of, and then became like the coolest improv comedian and coolest director and coolest producer in the world. And that's kind of a neat tale. Yeah. Great. That's nice. It's a good call. All right. My number one has been mentioned already. And, um, Louis Lettier. <laughs> yeah. Not mentioned on a list. His name has been mentioned though. Um, Fred Durst, you mentioned it, not us. I did. <laughs> right, yeah, spoiler. <laughs> moves in, he moves out, hands up, his hands down. <laughs> Your favorite. Yeah, we're talking about cultural impact picks. My number one. Fred. How many of these directors have a signature hat? <laughs> That's true. Signature backwards hat, mind you. It. Yeah, it's just them well, and Dan Quinn. I spent like the last year, uh, I don't know, watching these movies and I've read multiple books like the past year, maybe it might be recency bias, but it's like only did it to myself to like confirm my own suspicions. Uh, and to think like, gosh, it's, I think he, this is the, the greatest ever. And so my number one's Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock. Nice. Um, yeah. Do you, read, that, do you read that 12 lives book? That was my favorite. No, I haven't yet. I haven't read that one. Um, that I did awesome. read uh, one called 52 Weeks with uh, yeah. Alfred Hitchcock, which is like, you know, basic. It's like each chapter is like five pages. So it will yeah. take you a week to read a chapter. But it's like spend basically spend a week 
in one of these movies, rewatching them, looking for themes. So I did that like over the past year. And then I've read, reread the uh, Hitchcock Truffaut uh, mm -hmm. book. And I mean, watch tons of interviews on YouTube, old Dick Cavett shows, stuff like that. I mean, all, you know, Alfred Hitchcock presents episodes. I've, I've gone back and watched a bunch of those. I mean, the guy, I, I watched, I don't know, probably 40 movies of his of the past year. I like the worst one is probably a B plus. <laughs> like, honestly, like, I mean, every movie I watch, I'm like, well, that was a perfect movie. Well, that one might be the best movie, you know, and I'll go back and rewatch another one. I'm like, well, no, I think that one may be my favorite movie. You know, it's just unbelievable. The skill set that he had and just the taste that he had. And I think, uh, David Fincher was interviewed in the Hitchcock Truffaut documentary. And he says, Hitchcock is cinema. You know, like yeah. so much about what he did on every level defined what we do and is why it is the way it is. <laughs> and it's just unbelievable to go back and watch it. And his movies just hold up. They're shot. Fantastic. I mean, some of the greatest actors of all time, uh, you know, he worked with. And I mean, they're just suspenseful and they have like romance and and twists and turns and they're scary and all of these things you know they're very not one note at all on any on any front so i just love the ability that he had to just know what he did well and was the best like tastemaker yeah. of all time i could see sure. a script and say nope needs work and he mm -hmm. would you know and his wife marion was very instrumental in his success he was actually a director who hired him first in London and, and they worked together in the end, but like, gosh, there's no, no one better at directing movies ever than Alfred Hitchcock, in my opinion. So that's why he's my number one. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a legend, man. It's, there's a, there's a reason, right? Why his, his movies are so revered um, so far out from, from when he made them and stuff. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Just like the storyboarding legacy. process that he, you know, kind of came up with and, the editing of, of, you know, obviously something like the shower scene in Psycho had never really been mm -hmm. done with the sp very sp spastic editing. And th these guys were cutting film and taping it together. You know, like this is, is crazy times that he was living in the silent film era, essentially came from the silent film era into the talkies. And um, like, it, it's just hard for the conclusion I came to at the end of the, the rewatch is like, what more do we have if like, the best movies have already been made, you know, like this guy already perfected the genre like 70 years ago, 60 years ago. It's like crazy sure. that we haven't taken that much of a leap since then in terms of like, um, impactful all time classic movies. Like mm -hmm. you would think like, yeah. uh, you know, like it kind of in sports, how like all the the records are broken by the recent guys because like we're better now. <laughs> As humans, as people, we know more, sure. we have, yeah. we, we can train better. Like we can shoot a movie on our iPhone. We should be making the best movies of all time now. And we still aren't. Mm. And it just says like a lot about the human behind the lens and the human was Alfred Hitchcock. So greatness. Yeah. What I think is maybe the most interesting thing to me about, about Hitchcock is that, is that his name is still so known and relevant now uh, kind of regardless of your, you know, of your generation, like how many, that's not to say that necessarily that the names that people remember are the best at their craft. That may not always be, be the case, but it does mean that they've made perhaps the most 
cultural impact. And if you're, if you're just asking, you know, randos on the street, some random, you know, 23 year old, like, Hey, who, you know, name directors from this era, like Hitchcock's name is going to come up for most, even if they've only ever like seen psycho, you know, or the, or even just know what psycho is. That's a, there's some, there's some real cultural cachet that comes with Hitchcock and with like Kubrick from that era. Um, and then, you know, on down the list. Now I think, I think we have, we're, you know, we have some now that we're working with, right. That are, that are going to be yeah. in that camp in the future. Um, between, I mean, some of the, a lot of the people that we just, that we've mentioned over, over these lists, Spielberg and I think the Coens and, and probably PTA and, and, and a few others. And then hopefully this next generation of, of Jordan Peele and, and Greta and Kugler and, uh, Chazelle and yada, 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 all, all of these, you know, very, very talented, uh, directors that, that we've talked about. Um, that's, that will be the case for some of them and, and maybe for all of them, that'd be really cool. Hitchcock. It's, it's just so, it's so crazy that, that so far out from his, his work, he still is, is a relevant name. That, that and he always did movies. Yeah. Just about ever. people, you know, and it's like, you never these mm-hmm. weird, plot lines you know it's always just about people in weird sure. in in tough situations and how do they yeah. get out of them you know and right and you know even like somebody like jordan peele who i think probably understands hitchcock better than maybe most new filmmakers do and is trying to replicate mm-hmm. what he brought to the table maybe better than anybody yeah. and but it's, even he will do something like us where it's about an underground world like hitchcock would never do you know something like that mm-hmm. but yeah. I think the appreciation for that is, is certainly there. And I mean, you know, you talk about Spielberg, uh, Brian, like those guys mm-hmm. will be the first to say like Hitchcock's why, why I do what I do. The reason yeah, that yeah, I do sure. what I do. Sure. So like, there is a reason right. like that he is so impactful is because the most impactful directors, he was the most impactful for them. So that, that kind of is what it is. But like, that that run of Vertigo, North by Northwest, Psycho, and the Birds all in a row. I mean, show me a yeah. better four run, uh, you know, run. And we've done that in the past. I think Spielberg. We had a couple of mm-hmm. runs that were as good as that, but like in a sure. row. I mean, woo, there's four. Yeah, like we had crazy. a couple of three movie runs with Spielberg, but there was like one that would knock it off. Like 1941 sure. would knock off the Jaws, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. Close Encounters run. You know that kind of stuff. So right. I mean, those four yeah. in a row is just. You know, four top it's, ten it's, movies it's ever. Maybe impressive. it's just crazy, yeah. crazy. Right? Yeah. I was gonna say my thing with Spielberg for for number one is just because yeah. we talk about it for a lot already. But the, uh, you know, I am very emotion driven when I watch a movie. That that comes. I think that's in part because I love Spielberg, and then in part it's a sort of a chicken or the egg kind of thing. It's like I I feel like Spielberg taught me how to to uh to appreciate emoting while watching a movie because he brings so much emotion to to his films i love that i think that if he stopped making movies in like 1986 he might still be like in my top 10 you yeah. know it's just that the, that early run is incredible and then almost the same if it's like if he didn't start making movies until 1991 or something, that's still, and then only made movies for a decade. If you only took his blockbuster movies, he'd probably be in my top Yeah, and I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I'm just judging him on, okay, give me, I don't know, Jurassic Park and and like all the ones that made a hundred plus million dollars, like he would still be in my top 10, but I love him for like the the smaller 
ones that cost not as much. Right. You know, those are the real gems of his filmography. Right. I feel like the Catch Me If You Can, undoubtedly. And the I mean, and those. When, right when we did our top ten favorite movies, and then when we we uh, that was like episode one hundred. Wow, that was a long time ago. And then we updated that sometime in twenty twenty. I can't remember, maybe six hundred something like that. Um, there's probably eight movies that were like this is a I I'm trying to figure out if I can if I can push this movie into the top ten and and. Uh, I could have done a top ten of Jeff Spielberg movies probably and been and been happy with it. But yeah, I mean, like like we said many times, who I don't know how many directors could do Schindler's List and Jurassic Park the same year. Like that's just that's incredible yeah. to me that he is able to do something like that. And and then he you know he does it again. Like two thousand two, I believe is is Minority Report and Catch Me If You Can. You know he he is able to do um, to cross genre in such an incredible way. So we've gone on, I've gone on and on about Spielberg plenty of times. No one's surprised that that's number one on my list, but uh, it's almost weird in hindsight that Spielberg didn't do, do the opposite. Didn't he do Schindler's list while he was editing Jurassic park yeah. and doing the, the CG uh-huh. and stuff? Wouldn't yeah. you think he would have done Schindler's list and be like, man, I need a palate cleanser. Maybe that's what he did. Right. So he, he would go on set Schindler's list and like the palate cleanser was going to the edit room for Jurassic park and looking at dinosaur yeah, exactly. renderings, you know, that's, exactly it. that's yeah. kind of the way that probably worked, but uh, it's always interesting. The Spielberg blockbuster and then make one for myself. And while I'm editing it, I love that, that process of his, I hope we get that. I hope we get a blockbuster and then like a, you know, a $20 million just for me movie. For sure. Yeah. Oh man, this was a fun conversation. Long yeah, overdue, man. fellas. Long oh, overdue. Yeah. Maybe we'll yeah. have to do you know wait a hundred episodes or something and see where we are. But uh, this is a list that I don't feel like is going to fluctuate a lot in the in the short term. Yeah, I mean, this is one that's like, at least for me, and I won't speak for you guys. I really do need. It's not quite the same as like, hey, this movie came out. It's incredible. It is an immediate entry into like consideration for my top 10. It's for something like this for when you're talking about like, it, it, you can say the same for actors and actresses. It's like, I need to see, I need to see a few, right? Like you can't just be one, one movie, two movies. I need to see, because we're talking about a long list of, of, of directors who have made a lot of very good movies and stuff like that. So it's hard to, to change it. But I would definitely say, if I'm making this list in five or 10 years, it's probably significantly different just cause I, I mean, at least for me, I definitely valued like, what are we doing right now? Um, for, for favorites and stuff. So some of these names are going to, are going to pop up the list, you know, and that, you know, we didn't even talk, there's plenty of other fantastic directors that are, that have been around for a while that, or are, you know, sort of, sort of coming up like James Mangold may be on this list in five years because mm-hmm. of what the work that he's doing. And, uh, you know, Catherine Bigelow and, and, uh, and then people like Krasinski and, and, um, oh, Mike Flanagan, who just did Midnight Mass. It was like the best yes. TV series I think I've ever seen, you know, and stuff like, so, I mean, there's, there's a ton of, of talent, uh, both younger talent and, you know, for, this is a job that you can do for a long time if you're, if you're lucky. And so you get a lot of opportunities to, uh, to sort of, uh, develop a, a knuckleball if you need to, or to have another opportunity to to have a a, a big phase of, of your career. So it's 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 a, it's an interesting topic to to talk about and, and do a list on. A couple more that you know narrowly missed was Rob Reiner. Love, 
Yeah, oh, I was going to say, Reiner was in that, that group with, uh, with Cam Crow and Michael Mann for me. Mm. I'm just like, man, I love Rob Reiner movies, mm. and I have not loved Rob Reiner movies for this like entire uh, millennia, basically. Yes. So it's, it's so odd. Weird. And um, he just lost his fastball in like 1980, or 1997 or something, and, and we're just like, well, okay. Never really has tried to bring it back, though, so I applaud mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. knows he's, he doesn't have it anymore. He's like, yeah, I've, I've made some iconic incredible movies i'm good with that yeah um and uh john hughes love john hughes mm-hmm. would have been uh would have been high on my list and scott cooper too is is a director who i feel like has potential one. to sure. be great um yeah down the line like could be a, Shoot. a top 10 list in the next episode so there you go there's the top 10 favorite directors and this was fun let us know your lists though please tweet us yep. at mad about movies follow us on instagram mad about movies podcast and chime in on the discord we're anxiously awaiting the Discord's top 10 directors because I know we're going to have some varying opinions, some arguments maybe happening amongst the Discord VIPs. So excited for that. And Wiser, better be good. I'm coming at you. Just kidding. I love you, Wiser. And um, yeah, join us there, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. And we'll be talking Panic Room there for the exclusive episode this week. So some more Fincher talk for you. And uh, enjoy it. Thanks for 800 episodes. We hope you'll... Stay tuned for 200 more. We love you. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I've got you pegged. (laughs) But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're calling again. 